Scripture for Easter in November, from Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to, to Galilee, and there they will see me. The word of the Lord. Last year I took my first trip to Israel, and then this year led a trip to the Holy Land. One of the things about going to, uh, to the Holy Land, going to Israel, is that it changes the way you read the Bible. Um, you, you can't help but notice the, the geography more. I pay attention to maps way more than I ever did. You pay way more attention to the topography. In other words, uh, the, the, uh, the way the earth is and how many trees there are. And, and a lot of those things come into uh, the stories quite a bit. And of course, when you read, then you, you think back to the places. Uh, that happens particularly with the Sea of Galilee, I think and happens particularly in Jerusalem with, uh, with the, the Easter story. Now, now the challenge is that Jerusalem has been destroyed and rebuilt so many times that a lot, and, and throughout the Holy Land, a lot of what we think of where Jesus was are kind of approximations. We know it was pretty close to here. In Jerusalem, sometimes the street that Jesus walked on is 15, 20 feet below your feet uh, because rubble has been piled and built on top of uh, where he actually was. Uh, and so when it comes to the Easter story, it's sometimes a little hard to uh, figure out where Jesus, where the Easter story actually happened. Uh, now, we do know from the scriptures that, uh, that we've got some clues about uh, where this must have happened. We know it must have been walking distance from wherever Pilate uh, sentenced him to death because Jesus has to carry his cross. But it's probably not right next to because Jesus needs help carrying his cross. And we're not totally sure where that was that Pilate did that has to be outside the city walls because there, there was no crucifixion allowed inside the walls. Probably on a main road by one of the main gates into the city because uh, crucifixion was a very public thing. It was meant to be a sign that says, this is what happens when you mess with the Romans. We know it was near a hill uh, that's called the Place of the Skull or an Aramaic Golgotha, according to the stories. Now, we often picture Jesus buried on a hill called Golgotha. That's not actually what the text says. It says near a place. Uh, in fact, probably Jesus was buried low to the ground, or was crucified low to the ground along the road so that people could mock him and spit on him. That was pretty typical for uh, crucifixion. It was uh, a very public kind of thing. And so 
Um, we also know that nearby is a uh, garden with a fresh cut tomb where uh, Jesus was buried. Now, if it's a garden with a fresh cut tomb, it probably means it's in a quarry. Okay, in those times, uh, they would where they would get out this stone from the ground. It's called Jerusalem limestone. Most of the uh, city of Jerusalem is built with this limestone, and they would they would cut out big pieces of this limestone for use around the city. And then when they got to where they had pretty much depleted the limestone, they would move on to a new place, and these sort of cut areas would become uh, oftentimes gardens. And uh, then in the walls where they had cut out this limestone, they would put tombs in it, and probably a very small tomb. You, you might have had to crawl in to actually uh, work with the body. Um, so, so we have some understanding of where this site might have been, and there are two locations in uh, Jerusalem that sort of vie for, uh, that are contenders for where this actually happened. Uh, one is called the Garden Tomb. The Garden Tomb uh, is this tomb. Uh, it's outside of the city walls, just to the north of Jerusalem, outside of one of the main gates today. And uh, it's this beautiful garden with a tomb cut into the side of the wall. And then nearby is this hillside that it, it has these holes in it, and it looks kind of like a skull. And older pictures... Uh, uh, actually show this better when you go to see it today. Part of the hillside fell away in an earthquake, um, but it, it does kind of look like a skull. And so when this place was discovered and excavated in the early 1800s to mid-1800s, uh, people started to wonder about this place. And it, there was a guy uh, named Charles Gordon who published uh, some work, and he was convinced that because of the skull and because of the, the tomb, this was probably the place where Jesus uh, was crucified and was buried and resurrected. And so he made that popular, but, but not until 1883, 1883. And then it sort of became the Protestant site. And if you go to Israel today, probably the end of your tour, touring days, will end there. Because when you're there, it's just so beautiful. And it kind of gives you the feels, like you, you get a sense of what this was like. And it's a great place to pray. It's a great place to worship. Unfortunately, though, it is almost certainly not where Jesus was crucified and buried. Um, for one thing, the, uh, the tomb is not the right layout for the time of Jesus. They've done archaeology on a number of tombs. And uh, it's just not the right setup. And it's also not carved right. They can tell by the tool marks. But this is actually a tomb that's much older than, uh, than the first century. And so it's not the garden tomb. And after all, the garden tomb has only been a worship site for about 140 years. Uh, now, again, it's a great site to worship, to pray. But it's probably not the site. Uh, the site that has the history behind it is a place called the Holy Sepulchre. Now, Jerusalem has the, the city walls, and the, and the inside the walls is called the Old City of Jerusalem. And it's set up very much uh, from the time of the Crusades, not from the time of Jesus. Uh, and so in the Christian quarter, the Christian section, is this church called the Holy Sepulchre. Um, now, in, in the time of Jesus, this site would have been outside the walls. But it was the walls were expanded to include it. Um, now, this Holy Sepulchre is not much to look at. 
it is um, it's a little bit hard to find if you don't know where you're going. And there are, there's city all around it, so there's not much to see from the outside. But it is the traditional place of the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. Um, and, uh, sepulcher just means burial place or uh, burial chamber. Okay, So when you go into the Holy Sepulcher, uh, you'll find it's, it's run by something like six different Catholic and Orthodox groups that have different sections, even fight, come to fisticuffs sometimes over control of this area. When you walk in, you go up a set of stairs to a uh, to an altar and a bunch of pictures behind it, and you go and you you get on your knees underneath of this altar, and you can reach in this hole where there is stone, and that is supposedly the place where the cross was set into place on the hill. Then, if you come down, there's a flat stone, and uh, that's the stone that tradition says Jesus' body was uh, wrapped in the uh, burial cloths and prepared for burial and then you go into this rotunda this round room and there's this this thing called the edicule it's a little house uh, but it's the tomb of Jesus and you go in and you can find in there a flat spot where Jesus's body is traditionally held to have been buried and that he resurrected there now is this the place uh very likely and uh, there's a number of reasons for that. First of all, this, this site has been worshipped at um, almost since the time of Jesus. Okay? When Constantine becomes a Christian, or at least claims to become a Christian, in 312 A.D., um, he uh, makes an effort with uh, the work of his mother Helena to uh, find some of these sacred sites and create worship spaces on them. And, and the mode there... Is not like it is today where we try to preserve these old sites. No, they, these sites were uh, built up with churches uh, to mark their importance, not to preserve what they did look like. And so um, Constantine got word from some of the Christians in Jerusalem that he needed to come back and rediscover the place where Jesus had been buried. And what had happened is the emperor Hadrian had built a temple to Aphrodite in about 135 AD. Okay, so we're talking 100 years after the death and burial of Jesus. And uh, the, the tradition had held, still in Constantine's day, that the, uh, the, that place where Hadrian built that temple was on top of uh, the, the burial chamber of Jesus. And that was on purpose so that he would be uh, opposing uh, the Christians that were gaining power at the time. So Constantine builds a temple, a, a, an original church, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, there in 335 A.D. Now, here's some of so, so we, we know we've got tradition going back really closer to the time of Jesus that this is the site. Um, so, so what else can we say? Well, a lot of Christians would debate this and scholars would debate this, but in, in 2016... Uh, we got a lot more stronger evidence that this is probably the place. The edicule, that little house that's in the rotunda that is uh, covering the tomb of Christ, that site, that old stone was starting to uh, get weaker. Okay, It had water coming into it, and it was becoming a danger to pilgrims and to, uh, to the uh, priests that worshipped there. It looked like it really might fall down. 
so it took a lot of finagling. But they finally got a team of experts to come in, x-ray that site, find out what was going on, uh, pump cement into key places so that it could rebuild the place. Um, and uh, the story of it's fascinating. It's on a documentary called um, uh, The Secrets of Christ's Tomb. It's on Disney Plus right now uh, by National Geographic. It's super interesting. But two things really stand out from the study. One is what they found was actual uh, stone inside of the walls of the edicule. In other words, they expected to just find it to be stone, but they actually found walls that were Jerusalem stone from the original quarry that was there. And uh, they have found other tombs from the time of Jesus in this area. Okay, But, but nobody knew until 2016 that, that some of the stone was still in the walls. And then when they, they went to this bed uh, that uh, Jesus was supposedly laid on for his resurrection, they had to move that stone to seal it to make sure water wasn't getting in there also. And when they did that, they found a very ancient um, carving of a cross, probably the earliest cross found or one of the earliest crosses ever found. And they found that the mortar really did date back from the time of Constantine giving credence to this tradition that goes back to uh, 335 that then goes all the way back to the first century. Now, is that exactly the tomb of Christ? Um, We can't be totally sure, but it does look like it's pretty convincing that this is possibly the place, if not very close. Now, let me be honest. When I was in Israel, that drove me absolutely crazy as I researched this and thought about it. I wanted to know where the place was, you know, and this happened to me all the time in Israel. Well, the the Sermon on the Mount probably happened here, but maybe it was there. Maybe it was over there. It was pretty close. It's in this area. I wanted to know the spot. You know what I mean? I wanted to worship at the place. Um, But I soon discovered that uh, there was an important lesson in that, that the early Christians didn't seem to care exactly where Christ was. That's what I wanted didn't seem to care exactly where Christ was buried. Why? Because they had him. They weren't thinking of Jesus in the past tense. They were thinking of Jesus in the now. And I I learned this when when I was in Israel, that I was so excited to be in the Holy Land that I, I was sort of missing the reality that my life is holy ground. I was excited about where Christ was, but I wasn't always as excited about where Christ is. That I, that I wanted to see the tomb, but, but for heaven's sakes, the angel even said, he is not here. He's not here, which means he's here. He's with us. And that's the exciting thing. And that's the thing I want to remind you as we celebrate Easter in November, that the, the joy of the resurrection isn't that it happened. It's that Christ is alive and with us now. It's that it's happening It's that the tombs of my heart, the dead places of my life, are finding new life. That's the lesson of Easter. The Easter is about now. It's about resurrection now. It's not about the place. It's about the place where you're going. It's about the place where Christ is at work now. So let the the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, the Garden Tomb, be a little reminder for you today that Christ is not there. He's here. He's with you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.